Welcome to WISE, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. WISE is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to WISE. We are three for three with our consistency. That isn't much to celebrate yet, but I really feel back into the podcast groove. I am excited to keep bringing you episodes. I am likely going to start bringing you two times a week episodes. We'll see. That is my hope. But I have, I think, just having three weeks of consistency and having the wins uh, in putting out the episode uh, just kind of created that momentum in my brain. And this is just like a lesson in general when you're trying to do anything that oftentimes if we haven't done something for a long time, it's harder to get started. It's hard to create that activation energy. It is easier to just keep going once you've already started something. And I do think in general, and when it comes to creativity, that the more creative you are, the more you see opportunities to be creative. So like even for this podcast, I had I always had ideas. For me, it was just like making the time, doing it, and actually sitting down. So little consistency lesson in general, lower the barrier, create consistency at a level that is Uh, doable for you. And then you can add and refine as you go on. So before we get get into today's episode all about scarcity and food, I wanted to remind you of a couple things that we have coming up. So Noteworthy, my 16-week online business group mentorship program is starting on March 28th. Applications are going to open on March 14th. So I will be sharing those applications, either the application to the waitlist for Noteworthy first, and then it will be going to email and to Instagram. Uh, as a reminder, I'm only taking four to six entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, uh, to basically go through that curriculum and to start your online business or to grow your online business. Uh, I am really, really excited about this next round and I am also doing an intuitive macros curriculum and certification this summer, but I'm going to be testing the content for that in Noteworthy. So intuitive macros is my signature nutrition framework. It's the framework I take all my clients through. And I think it is incredibly unique and also very, very effective. Uh, We combine obviously nutritional principles, but also a ton of mindset stuff for permanence and sustainability. So if you do Noteworthy and you want to do the certification too, I have a couple people that want to do that, you will get 50% off of the certification and you will get some of the content in this round of Noteworthy, which again is 16 weeks. So it will run from March to July. Uh, and I'm really, really excited for that and really excited to 
work, continue to work with business owners to help you, especially if you feel like you have a gift inside of you that you know that you could create a business, but you don't know how. So the mentorship is really about like the nuts and bolts of online business. Like what do you have to do? How can you be consistent? Um, How can you share your knowledge and your expertise in a way that you can help people and eventually make money? specifically for the introverted, sensitive person, right? So if you are interested in that, be on the lookout. You can also join the waitlist, which I'm going to be sending my first email, a value-packed email to the waitlist out this week. So um, yeah, I can't wait. And the next thing is that the next round of intuitive macros is beginning on May 2nd. So it will also enroll to the waitlist first, uh, mid-April. And I can't wait for that next round. I think this might be the biggest group uh, that we have coming up. I continuously add to this program. I am so proud of it. It is robust. It You get a lifetime access. You really don't need another nutrition program after going through intuitive macros unless you're somebody that like needs accountability, support, hand-holding, things like that. It's just important to know what you need. Neither is good or bad. Many people go through the program. They're like, I'm good. You literally taught me everything. Um, And I love that. So get on the wait list. If you would like to be the first to hear about it, you can join the wait list in the show notes. And last thing is that I am enrolling for one-on-one coaching as well. So it's been a while since I've opened up one-on-one coaching applications for nutrition. They are open. You can go to the show notes and I will likely be letting in five to 10 people over the next month as I have had clients graduate and um, are off to do other amazing things, which is the point of one-on-one coaching, right? Like we work intensively for a time period. Most people stay between three months, that's the minimum to sometimes a year and a half, but anywhere in between, again, depending on what you need. And I love the work that I do. We get close, we, you know, are able to work through all of your food stuff. We come up with a personalized nutrition plan, you lose weight if you want to, that is a primary part of coaching. But the bigger transformations are the intangible transformations, healing your relationship with food, stopping to struggle with food, uh, becoming the person who keeps the weight off. Like that is really where the magic is. So speaking of nutrition, that's what this episode is going to be about today. And I'm just pulling up my notes. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about scarcity because I know that this is such a huge thing, a feeling that happens for us with food. Uh, It's also something that can happen with other things too. Like there is something that happens with scarcity and money. There's something that happens between like, I think sometimes scarcity and people, like not, you know, being able to spend enough time with people or wanting to spend more time with people, stuff like that. I do think that there is a real, you know, component to scarcity for example, food scarcity is a very real thing, like in food deserts. And, you know, if you live in poverty, obviously, like food scarcity is going to be a literal, actual thing. Uh, but in, and I obviously acknowledge that, same thing with money, right? Like money scarcity is a thing. The way that I am going to be talking about scarcity today is something that the thing that we do to ourselves with food, it's a mindset. 
And this is not like toxic positivity, like, oh, it's all just a mindset. I am speaking specifically around what we, the world that we create for ourselves with food when it comes to that feeling of scarcity. Because it's likely that if we are scarce, if we're feeling food scarcity, meaning like there's a limited amount, just the definition of scarcity means a def- a situation in which something is not easy to find or get. Most of the scarcity that we put on ourselves with food is again, a feeling and it's self-imposed. And it doesn't mean that like we don't have influence for creating that. Like diets do create scarcity. A lot of this is like a physiological response, but scarcity is really like that feeling of feeling tight and restricted. I shared this the other day with, I'm not sure if I shared it on the podcast already, but this analogy about how eating should feel and how your relationship with food should feel in your body. Like, how do you know if you've actually like gotten somewhere or for lack of a better word, arrived, like even though it always is going to take effort and mindfulness to some capacity, right? Even when we when we are in permanence, but the only difference with permanence and food is that like you want to do the habits and the actions because it helps you create your life and your world and it's part of your identity. Like that is where my true permanence with food comes from. Um, but when it comes to scarcity, it is really tough to let go of this mindset. And again, the analogy that I want to use is the feeling of, for example, if you put on a pair of jeans or a dress and it's too tight and that, and you know, it's too tight, but like you need to wear it anyway. You've told yourself that you have to wear it because like you have to be a size six or you have to be a small, you'll literally stuff yourself into anything. I know this because I've been there. You'll stuff yourself into anything just to, even though like you're the only one seeing the tag, (laughs) Uh, this is what food and dieting does to our mind and, and body image work and all of that stuff. But the moment that we put ourselves in those clothes, right, where we put something on, it's like, oh, I got to like suck in. I have to like, you know, not move around that much, especially if like you're going to a party. You can't wait to take off that clothing when you get home. Like it's like, or even like in the car ride home, you're like, well, I'm just going to unbutton my pants. Uh, Think of that feeling. Think of that feeling like, oh, I'm constricted. I am restricted. I feel tight. I feel like I can't relax. We all know what it's like to have that feeling when it comes to clothing, right? Now, that is what scarcity feels like with food and when you're on a diet. It's like, I feel tight all the time. I feel restricted. I feel constricted. It's the same sort of feeling. This feeling that I'm talking about just gives it sort of like a a tangible example. When you have something that actually fits you, so the same thing with a diet or a way of eating, let's say, when you have something that actually fits, like it's not tight. It might be fitted. It fits you, but there's wiggle room right? There's flexibility there. Like you could, you should be able to go out to dinner, like feel a little, like a little bloated and like probably be okay, right? Your clothes should be able to withstand that flexibility just like, and a quote unquote mistake, 
let's say like you're overly bloated, even though I hesitate to say a mistake because it's like a negative connotation, but you know what I mean. It has the ability to withstand and be flexible versus, uh, and, and clothing feels that way, right? Like clothing that fits, like you should be able to move around. You should be able to be flexible. You should be able to like live your life and be free. And that's how a good relationship with food feels. Like you have the flexibility, it fits you, but you have the capability to like go out and do something or make a mistake or whatever it is. Like you can do that and it's going to be okay, right? So now if we go to all the way to the other piece of clothing, really, really loose clothing, this is like being too loosey-goosey with your diet. This also doesn't feel good. Like you need a belt to keep something up. Like you feel, maybe you don't feel attractive because the thing doesn't have shape. Now I do have many things that are like many sizes big for me, uh, but that's like my PJs, right? Or, um, you know, something that I'm just like lounging in. Maybe it's a little big, like I'll sleep in these shirts, but I don't want to feel like that day to day. I don't want to feel like something is so loosey-goosey. So I think creating this analogy was really a good way for me to describe what scarcity feels like or being on a diet feels like. And the thing is that with food, when we are eating in this way, our uh, when we're eating in this way and when we are kind of creating this life <laughs> for ourselves in this way of eating, uh, it is, it, what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it bleeds over into every area of your life. So like your food life feels that way and then your life ends up feeling small and constricted and tight. And many of us live in scarcity for years. I have blocks of years of my life lived in scarcity where like I look back at pictures and all I can think of is like, oh, I felt so shitty that day and oh, I binged later that night or whatever it is. So the reason I want to do this episode after this long introduction is because I want to give you some practical tools that you can use to begin untangling and dismantling the scarcity with food so that you can live a better life, right? Like everything that I do has to do with creating purpose in your life, creating a body that allows you to move through the world in a way that is going to be beneficial to you in the way that you want to. So you can like go do the things that you want to do, right? That is my whole mission, my whole purpose. And food is a tangible way for us to be able to do this. And scarcity also just like keeps you insane. A good relationship with food is built off of honoring your preferences. But you can't actually access your preferences when you're in fear and when you're in scarcity. And that's the feeling that scarcity gives us, right? It's fear-based. Uh, so like if you're constantly hungry, if you're preoccupied with food, if you're binging, um, you know, you're probably experiencing a combination of scarcity, which is, which could be two things like physical restriction, you know, creates preoccupation with food. Like if we are physically restricted, we're not getting our nutritional needs met, then the body's going to let you know, it's going to binge, it's going to keep your mind, you know, like totally um, preoccupied with food, you're not going to be able to feel at peace or relaxed. And scarcity is also a mental thing, this mental thing that we do to ourselves of like, oh, I can't eat cereal, or I can't eat that cake, I can't, you know, do these things. And I and, and then when you are encountered with that food, and you do eat it, you're out, you feel out of control. 
and you feel like you just like can't have a healthy relationship with it because that voice in the back of your head as you're eating it, even though you want to, is like, oh my God, you shouldn't be eating this thing. You're bad. You should be ashamed. You should feel guilty, blah, blah, blah. Like that mental chatter that happens. Now, moving out of this is doesn't happen overnight. You need to create enough evidence that um, you need to create enough evidence that you can take care of yourself with food, that you can create peace with food. So that's what we want to do now is like create tangible action steps for us to um, to do and accomplish so that we can create enough new evidence to create a new belief. If we're in scarcity now, it's only because we have like years, decades, whatever it is, however long of, um, you know, acting in this way. So we're going to create new evidence. And I just want to say that like I lived in scarcity for so long. (laughs) My whole life was really either so tight with food and like so like I hated everything that I was eating and then also like fantasizing and dreaming of the stuff that I never was able to eat. And then whenever I ate it, I would binge on it and then just like the cycle would repeat itself. I would hate myself. I would feel terrible, all of these things. And I get this question a lot like, I I live with scarcity. How do I get rid of this? So here we go. Five steps that we are going to take in order to solve this problem. The first thing is to eat enough. So make sure that you're having enough calories. An easy way to do this is to, you have two ways of doing this. You could either kind of try to track your food and see how many calories you're eating and observe what happens to you when you eat this particular amount. Like if you're preoccupied with food, you're likely not eating enough. Like that is not a normal response. And I'm saying this directly. I know that this is like, is serious and like not fun. Um, But I'm saying it directly because there is a way out of it. Now you could also go to, so again, track your food for a while, see what happens, increase your food by maybe a hundred calories per week. And then until you get back to baseline, Another way to do this is to go to tdeecalculator.net, put in your stats, be honest when you put in your stats, and then see the kind of the guideline of like where you should be calorie-wise. Uh, so, and trying to meet those goals. If you're, uh, if you're really far away from that, maybe do it in, like I said, 100, maybe 200 calorie increments until you get up there. And if you're trying to lose weight, maybe do this before because if you're in scarcity and you have slowed down your metabolism and you're not losing weight and you're stuck, you likely need to have a metabolic restoration phase, get back to baseline, reduce stress, feel happy, and then go into a deficit. And if you feel any kind of way about that, like, oh, but I want to lose weight right now, it's just not going to work. And I need to be very direct about that because you're going to dig yourself deeper into the hole. What's another two months before you start? Get get yourself to a healthier place. And I will be sharing more information about macros and ways that you can track your food and why I believe in macros. Not everybody has to track, but I think that it can be an incredible tangible tool, especially in this intuitive eating world. It's like throw spaghetti on the wall and like, let's just hope. If you have more specific goals, you need a specific thing. So, That's the number one thing is to eat enough calories. 
second part of that, so, so that's like 1A, 1B is to make sure that you are having sufficient protein. So 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight is a general guideline. Um, protein at every meal. If you're not eating protein right now, try to have like a palm amount serving three times a day at each meal. And then also making sure that you're having enough carbs. So a carb source at every meal. I know that you're reading stuff out there that's like, oh, you should only have it once a day. If you're low carb and you are, if you're low carb and you're preoccupied with food, you shouldn't be low carb. That isn't the way to be. Like it, most women should not be low carb. I don't care if you are over 60 and like somebody told you that you should feel and you should be able to eat carbohydrates. Yes. A serving at every single meal. So start adding your carbs back, your fruits back, all of those things. Remember, weight gain does not come from overconsumption of any specific food. Weight gain comes from overconsumption in general. So if you overeat your calorie needs in sugar, in broccoli, it doesn't matter, you will gain weight. If you haven't eaten carbs and you've added back carbs to your diet, you're likely going to retain water that is going to pass. So number one, make sure you're eating enough. And I will likely do a whole episode on what eating enough means because I think that there's like a lot of, you know, stuff out there too. I think there's a lot of like, there's this narrative out there. Oh, like, oh, if you're not eating 2,800 calories, like you're failing. I can't eat that much. And I think that a lot of people can't. That's okay. But I'll do an episode on that too. See, more content, (laughs) more stuff to talk about. The next thing is a mindset of abundance. So make sure that you give yourself, this is going to be scary maybe, give yourself allowance and unconditional permission to eat. You are an adult. You can have whatever you want. That doesn't mean that you will have, you're going to eat like a monster and like you're going to eat everything in abundance, right? We need to be able to pair that allowance, unconditional permission to eat with discernment and honesty. So while I could have ice cream for breakfast, I give that example frequently, I don't want to. It doesn't make me feel good. Will I randomly have like a pastry for breakfast? Yes, the other day I had a donut for breakfast, but like I had a protein shake along with it and that was great. Like it offset like the blood sugar response that the donut would have had. So I try to be wise about those things. So if you're not giving yourself the autonomy to make your own decisions, you're always going to feel trapped. Always. Also, if I go back really quick to the eating enough point, once you eat enough, you can start seeing what your actual preferences for food are. You might start thinking like, oh my God, I didn't even like half of the things that I was eating. Like, why was I eating them? Like, I can't tell you how many like diet foods, how many Weight Watchers, packaged stuff I ate in the name of whatever, in the name of quote unquote satisfaction, it was not actually satisfying me. Um, So once you eat enough, you can start seeing like, okay, what are my true preferences? What do I like? We can't actually see those things in the presence of restriction. So again, this abundance is a mindset of like, I could actually have anything that I wanted. Because if you, the moment you tell yourself that you can't is the moment that you need that you start going overboard and you start going crazy. Um, Because again, you are an adult. You can order stuff, you can get in your car and you can go somewhere. Strategies like, you know, locking your pantry or tying your hands behind your back or getting the food out of the house, like might work temporarily, but 
it has to be internal. It has to come from choice. So again, I think that this can be paired with like tracking food or giving yourself structure. But for example, I've been gluten-free for seven years. That's a really long time. And every day, I don't think about this every day at all, but I, I could eat gluten every day if I wanted to. Like I do have permission to eat it. And that's the only reason why I'm able to say I don't want it, right? It's been seven years or eight years maybe since I've knowingly eaten gluten. And for two years before that, I went back and forth because I told myself, can't have this, can't have this, can't have this. So what did I do? The moment that I would accidentally eat it, let's say I would just be like, well, the rest of the night is just going to be a gluten night. And then I would wake up the next day with like puffy um, eyelids. (laughs) Not good, right? Unconditional permission to eat, true allowance paired with discernment and honesty. Is this food actually going to work for me in this quantity, in this moment, right? That is something that happens with evidence. But I think macros are a great framework to begin. Like, oh, I see the type of room that these foods take up. For example, I had that donut last week. You all know that like my things are like donuts and pastries and stuff like that. That donut is like probably five or 600 calories, uh, mainly carbs and fats, not a lot of protein. That's a big portion of my day, right? That's like a quarter of my calorie needs per day-ish. Like for 500 calories, I could also have like a giant meal that's much more satiating. So you start seeing like, oh, this is expensive. This takes up a lot of room. Um, And this is, you know, important for me to be wise about these things. So again, allowance and unconditional permission to eat always comes with discernment. The next thing is to make sure you're satisfied. So I looked up the uh, definition of satisfaction. It's the act of fulfilling or achieving a need or a wish. So you have to feel satisfied. If you're on a diet right now, you're probably not satisfied. And I think that you can even have satisfaction within a calorie deficit if you're wise about it. Like if you do things in ways, and I'll talk about that in a moment, what that means. But satisfaction is a two-way street, right? It's a physical sensation. That's satiation. Like, am I actually full? And then there's the mental satisfaction of like seeing a big plate of food, seeing an abundance of food, seeing that and like the practical component of like having the things that I want daily. Um, so satis- so satiation is the act of completely satisfying yourself or a need, especially with food or pleasure. Um, I do think that when it comes to satiation, we have to look towards our meals and the fact that like protein and fiber create satiation. They create the feeling of fullness. Your stomach gets stretched when we have fiber. Food stays in the stomach longer. Food also stays in the stomach longer when we have um, fat. So we should be adding fat to every meal. Um, We also, uh, the thermic effect of food is higher when we eat protein and fiber, meaning that it is. It takes more energy to burn versus processed carbs burn very, very quickly. So again, these are just things that like you can start thinking about like, oh, this is like a, f- a practical thing that most of my meals should be comprised of protein and fiber as the base. And then I can start adding other stuff and then like maybe have other snacks that like are not, um, have other snacks that don't really satiate me 
but they satisfy me. So we have to start thinking of foods as like, which foods physically satiate me and which foods mentally satiate me. They're not the same usually, right? Like we can add more satisfaction to meals by adding fat, by adding deliciousness, by adding dressings and other stuff like that. I'll share my framework in a second. Um, But we have to include both and both count. Both are important. So you have to make sure you're physically satisfied and mentally satisfied. Again, satiation meaning the practical components of what the food is made up of, protein and fiber, satisfaction being the mental components of those things. When it comes to satisfaction, I think of that in three ways. So I think of it with flavor, I think texture and temperature. So what when you're craving something or when you want something, do you want something, if you think of flavor, do you want something like kind of muted and bland, like a potato, right? Do you want something really acidic, like a dressing? Do you want something rich? Do you want something light? What's the flavor that I want? Texture is another thing too. Do I want something crunchy? Do I want something smooth? Do I want a combo? Temperature, do I want it cold? Do I want it hot? What am I in the mood for? Ways that we can add satisfaction to meals are things like avocado, dressings, salmon, bacon, potatoes, chips, um, crackers, cheese, um, little candies. Like I have, I'm like obsessed with these like toffee chips right now in my dulce leche from, from Miami too. Those are things that are like, the dulce leche is like very smooth and sweet and has a very specific flavor that obviously I'm really into. Um, so really thinking of like, what can I add to my already satiating meal that's going to increase the satisfaction a little bit. I usually think of fats, um, but but carbs too. So like if you want crumble some chips on top of something, if you want to have bread and butter, stuff like that, important. Think of what, and this is going to be specific to you, what actually satisfies you and reminder that we can only do this in the absence of scarcity. Number four, what are your non-negotiables? What are the things that you need to have in your diet every day? And then I'm going to introduce my daily monthly framework where um, we should be having foods like certain foods that we have daily, certain foods we have weekly, certain foods we have a little bit less than that. And that kind of helps you organize. For example, my donut example, I'm probably doing that like once or twice a month. I'm not doing that every week. Uh, usually (laughs) sometimes it might be two weeks in a row, but like, again, I'm not really thinking about it that much. I know that that might sound annoying. Um, I'm not really thinking about it that much, but I think categorizing foods in these way of like a non-negotiable for me is like having a glass of wine or margarita with friends or with my partner, Shantae, right? Going out to dinner, having fun, like that is a non-negotiable for me. That probably happens like twice two, three times a month, let's say, sometimes weekly. I'm not doing that every day, right? Things that are a little bit more, um, like for example, I'm going to Expo West on Thursday. That's like a yearly thing. I'm not paying attention to what I'm eating. Obviously I'll listen to my body, but like I am not um, like restricting myself that day and I will likely eat pizza and chips all day (laughs) also, but it happens once a year, right? Daily, What's the thing that's going to keep you satisfied daily? Is it going to be like a little candy? Is it going to be these things that you add to your meals? Maybe you like ice cream. Maybe you go on like a weekly outing. So start thinking of the things that are integral for you to have. I also really like charcuterie boards. Um, I like doing those, I don't know, 
every few months or so every two months um i love that it's so good that's like a non-negotiable for me is to have that uh so really start thinking of it for you what does this mean what are my non-negotiables not only with my food but with my life can i have a dinner with a friend can i go out and have you know go to like i don't know randomly i'm thinking like an amusement park (laughs) or something like that can i just like go to somebody's house for a barbecue what is necessary for me to be satisfied and non-negotiable, like satisfy my non-negotiables within my life and also like with my food in the context of my life? The last thing I'll share with you is presence. Sometimes we don't bring presence to what we're eating. And this is really common because we are always rushed and we even when like we eat a meal we're not paying attention and then we're like oh my god what am I doing like I didn't even taste this thing and I ate it get grounded before your meal do your best breathe sit down serve yourself on something if you're standing up then make sure that you take a breath you feel your feet on the ground get grounded before you eat and then eat slowly and remember that like Because sometimes we just miss the experience. Sometimes we just like fully miss the entire experience of eating, which means it's not going to register in your brain. This means we need to bring the quality of presence. We need to pay attention. Eat slowly. Put your fork down between bites. Do your best to try to pay attention in this way. And that will make things a little bit easier for you. And something to remember here is that like life is happening now. Life is happening in this moment right now. And if you don't pay attention to what you're eating, you're not going to be satisfied. I can't tell you how many times I've eaten something and and like missed the whole thing because I'm not actually there. Now I make it a point to like eat annoyingly slowly so that it can actually register to me. For example, yesterday I had sushi and then I had a Reese's Valentine's heart and I was eating that heart and I was like paying so much attention to it every single bite. And like once I got through two thirds of it, I just like threw it away. I was like, I'm done with this. Right. So we start seeing that pleasure from food doesn't come from the quantity. It comes from the quality of your attention. A skill. Right. But if you start pairing all of these things together, things will be a lot easier. I'm going to end this with something that I haven't talked about in a while, but I did a couple podcast episodes on this between like food and pleasure and sex and stuff. And I do think that there is a part of us, especially as women, that feel that there's like this deservedness thing. Like I don't deserve to feel pleasure. I don't deserve to feel satisfied because you think that like you're going to go into like this black hole and like never come out. You're just going to be out of control. This also happens with sex. And maybe I will talk more about this soon because we restrict ourselves, right? Like we like we don't allow ourselves to feel full pleasure. I, on a podcast a long time ago, I'm not even sure if I shared this, but let's share it now. I'm not sure if I shared this like on the coming out episode or with a podcast that I did with Bonnie Weeks called uh, Sexy Sundays with, with Bonnie, um, where I did talk about some of these things where like I don't think I fully experienced pleasure until like four years ago because I was constantly like not present I wasn't there of course like you go through the motions you do the stuff but like I I wasn't fully there and I didn't know the capacity of my own pleasure because it was like scary to touch it was scary to be in the moment 
And I do think that there is deservedness. There is, um, I'm scared. I'm going to be out of control. I don't deserve it. I'm, I can't touch it. Uh, touch the pleasure. <laughs> I'm talking about sex. So of course I laughed. Um, but I do think that there's a component to that here that's mixed of like, that's mixed in here of like, I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't want it. I shouldn't desire. I shouldn't whatever. Right. So anyway, maybe I will do a podcast episode on that soon. A whole other thing again, because I just wanted to get the ball rolling there for you in case it might be helpful. I'm going to wrap this up. I could talk forever. Uh, I appreciate you all. Thank you all for the notes for my, you know, coming back on this podcast. I appreciate you. And in the next few weeks, we will be revealing the new name and the cover and all of this stuff. I appreciate you all sending lots and lots of love. And I'm also going to ask for reviews this time. If you can leave a review, if you can give us five stars on iTunes or on Spotify, if you leave a written review on iTunes and you screenshot it and you DM it to me, I will send you a nice drink. (laughs) You know how I feel about my Starbucks. I will send you something if you do that um, because I would really appreciate it and it helps. You know, it helps other people find the show. It helps spread the word. Um, But I know that it takes time uh, to do that. I know that it's not as easy as just like tapping the five stars. But if you would leave a review, I would be so grateful and keep me posted if you do so I can send you something. So sending lots of love as always. Appreciate you tuning in and I can't wait to talk to you the next time. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.